Brave explorers, and welcome to the adventures of Dash and Juno. Are you ready to jump in? All right, well, let's get started. And remember, if you like today's episode, you can ask your parents to get the coloring book based on this episode at our website, www.dashandjuno.com. Okay, here we go. The day started like any other day with the twins playing up in their treehouse. Kit was in the corner, plugged in and recharging his batteries. Juno was working on an art project. She looked over at Dash, who was building a tower out of playing cards. She looked out the window and noticed the skies getting darker and gray. The air grew colder and she could tell winter was right around the corner. Dash was intent on building the tallest card tower he could. He tried many different structural configurations and found the one that worked best was to make triangles out of the playing cards and stack them on top of one another. The deck of cards Dash was using was a very colorful and beautiful deck. The back side of each card had different background patterns that were very beautiful. Dash's tower was getting rather tall. He was quite proud of himself. Juno glanced over and admired his tower as well. One of the cards that was at the very bottom of the tower caught her eye. She thought it was particularly interesting and went in for a closer look. There are so many cards. I bet if I remove just this one card, the tower will be fine, she thought to herself. Very carefully, she tried to wiggle the card free without disturbing the rest of the tower. She thought she almost had it when all of a sudden the entire tower came crumbling down. Oh no! Dash, I am so sorry! It's okay, Juno. It's kind of crazy with so many cards. That point the right one would cause the whole thing to crumble. Juno felt pretty bad at what had happened and helped Dash pick up the cards and place them back in their box. Dash then put the deck of cards in his pocket to bring back inside. It was getting really cold in the treehouse and they wanted to warm up. When they opened the door, they were met with a blast of cold air and snow blowing right into the treehouse. A blizzard! It was snowing so hard they could barely see the house. The twins loved snow and raced into their house to get on their snow clothes. They grabbed their sleds and headed to their neighborhood hill. Kit, who was done recharging, met up with them on their way out the door. It was really hard to see where they were going, but they felt like they were getting close. They could feel themselves walking uphill, but they thought they should have been at the top by now. They kept going up and the snow kept falling harder and harder making it even more difficult to see. After a while, 
Dash looked up at Juno, Juno looked at Dash, and they both looked at Kit, with quite a bit of snow on him. Kit, where are we? It feels like we've been dragging these sleds up this hill for hours. Juno asked. Location unknown. This storm is hindering my sensors from working. However, my short-range radar shows there is a cave just a few feet ahead. Maybe we could take shelter there and figure out where we are. Good idea, Kit! Juno said. Let's go! Said Dash. The snow was getting deep and getting really hard to walk through. But the cave wasn't far and soon they found themselves in the warmer confines of a very large cave. This cave is huge! i never seen anything like it! Kit activated his infrared sensor to scan for other animals or people. Dash and Juno, I am detecting a heat signature over deeper into the cave. We should approach with caution. Kit was not with them. The twins would probably have turned around. But when you have a friend like Kit, it gives you a great boost of confidence, no matter what the problems you might face. Dash pulled two flashlights out of his trusty backpack and handed one to Juno. They slowly walked toward the location where Kit saw the heat signature. They stumbled upon a very large statue of what looked to be a very large gorilla, only it was probably five to ten times the size of a normal gorilla, and normal gorillas are not small to begin with. They all stared at the statue. It was really a thing of beauty. It was very lifelike. They wondered who made it, and why it was so far into this cave. Dash reached out to touch it. I would not do that if I were you. Kit alerted him. Why not? It's just a statue. Dash responded. That statue is where the heat signature is coming from. Kit explained. What? Are you saying the statue's alive? I believe so. Kit continued. But it hasn't even twitched once. It has been perfectly still. Juno reasoned. Just then, she took a hard look at the statue's nostrils and noticed with the cold air that small amounts of steam were coming out of the statue's nose every so often, almost like it was breathing. The twins stepped back a couple feet and hid behind a larger rock. Hello? What are you? We know you are alive. You don't have to pretend anymore. Juno said to the statue. The twins waited for a response, but the statue didn't move. But then they noticed his eyes move slightly to the left, then slightly to the right. Aha! We saw you move! You don't need to be scared, we just want to introduce ourselves. Once the statue realized the twins meant him no harm, he took a deep breath and stepped forward, shaking his fur and bending over to get a closer look at just who had come to visit him deep in his cave. My name is Canuck, and I am the watchman for all the snow yetis. Please, please, do not hurt me! Don't hurt you! You're huge! Don't hurt us! Us snow yetis would never hurt a fly! We are very passive despite our huge enormousness, but are very skittish. I was hoping you wouldn't notice me if I just stood still. Plenty of people have come into this cave, 
but have never seen me before. If it wasn't for Kit, we wouldn't have seen you either. Where exactly are we? Gino asked. You are in a cave which happens to be one of our entranceways to our home, very high up into the mountains. The twins explained to Kinek how they were trying to go sledding and must have gotten lost and wound up here. They were hoping to warm up and wait out the storm before heading home. Kinek was intrigued by his new visitors and was more than happy to give them a tour of his home. They headed deeper into the cave. Yetis have excellent night vision, but the kids still needed their flashlights to see and avoid tripping over all the rocks. They headed down a large staircase. As they looked down the staircase far below, they saw a glowing blue light that looked like a glowing river flowing through the cave. It wasn't long before they were right on top of it. What is that? Gino asked. That is the mighty Nylock. It is an ice river similar to your glaciers, but the Nylock moves faster, more like a river of water. It sparkled and gave off the most impressive bluish glow. It was hard not to stare at it and just be mesmerized. We will follow the Nylock downstream and show you all its glory. They headed downstream parallel to the glowing ice river. They watched as they hiked in amazement as glowing shards of ice went swishing by. The glowing ice gave off a blue hue to the otherwise very dark and black rocks of the cave. They weren't really sure they were even in a cave anymore. They couldn't see the ceiling and it just felt very, very large. But it did still feel inside just a very, very, very large cave. After a while of hiking, they started to hear a noise. What's that noise? Connect didn't answer right away. He was very still, as if he were studying the noise as well. He smelled the air, listened with his ears, and turned his head in multiple directions, as if he were trying to gather data. Follow me, Connect said. We must hurry. Connect set off in a fast run. The twins had trouble keeping up with the giant snow ape, so they hopped on Kit and he was able to keep pace with Connect's massive stride. Finally, they came to a dead end where the Nylak was flowing dead into a wall of rubble and ice, and ice was deflecting everywhere. It was causing a massive backup of ice, and it wouldn't be long before the ice overtook the whole cave. They all looked at the situation and determined that there had been an avalanche of rocks that had dammed the ice river. It could no longer flow its natural course. There were many, many large boulders stacked on top of each other, all the way to the ceiling. This is not good, Connect stated. If the Nylock can't flow, it will fill our home with ice. We can't let that happen. Four of them began to brainstorm ideas, but nothing seemed feasible. Trying to move all those rocks seemed impossible. After what felt like several hours of coming up with bad ideas, they all sat down for a break. Kinek was still and quiet. He almost looked as still as when they first met him. 
They dared not to disturb him, but they weren't sure what to do. Then, Dash reached into his pockets and felt a box. It was his deck of cards. He went back to his game of cards from earlier to try to pass the time, while they waited for Connect to try to come up with a solution. He started to build his card tower when he looked up at Juno and said, Well, at least this time. Please don't pull out the bottom card and ruin my tower again. Juno heard Dash and then had a big smile on her face. What's that smile for? I'm warning you, leave my tower alone. I am not going to ruin your card tower, but I think you have just given me an idea on how to fix this problem. We don't have to move all the rocks. We just have to move one of the rocks on the very bottom. And maybe then the whole wall of rocks will tumble down, just like your tower. Juno explained. But Juno, we can never move such a large rock on our own. I know we couldn't, but I bet a bunch of snow yetis could. I mean, look how big and strong they look. You're right. Connect said there's more of them. Maybe he can rally some friends up to help. Dash responded. It was hard to snap Connect out of his deep train of thought, but once they did, they explained their plan. Connect was hesitant because he didn't want to expose the rest of his friends to the humans. But he determined the risk was worth it. Connect let out a very loud roar that echoed up the cave. It was so loud that the twins had to cover their ears. Then it sounded like thunder coming down the cave. Except it wasn't thunder. It was hundreds of snow yetis coming to help. It was quite a sight. As they got closer, the blue glow of the ice river reflected off the hundreds of yetis. They worked quickly, and Kit was able to attach a bolt and some cable to one of the largest boulders at the bottom of the obstruction. Then, all the snow yetis joined hands and grabbed the cable and pulled with all their might. They roared and moaned and grunted as they tried to get that boulder to budge. It didn't move at first, but then it slowly budged, and then it budged again, and all of a sudden it shot out like a cannon up into the darkness of the cave. Then the wall crumbled and the ice river did the rest. The Nilac pushed the rest of the boulders aside and was able to follow its natural course once more. Connect and the rest of his tribe approached the twins and Kit. You could tell they were not pleased outsiders were in their home. But then Connect made a smile and the twins knew it was going to be okay. Dash, Juno, and Kit, without your help, our home would be ruined. As a gift, here is a special piece of the Nylock. It will never melt and its glow will last forever. No matter how dark or lost you think you are, it will always lead you home. The twins thanked the Snow Yetis and reassured them their secret is safe. Then Kanek led them back to the cave entrance where the snowstorm was still blowing hard and visibility was worse than before. Don't worry, said Kanek. The Shard of Nidak will get you home. Hop on your suds and it will do the rest. Dash and Juno and Kit didn't know really what he meant by that, 
but got on their sled and Connect gave them a big push. Off they went. Juno held the ice fragment out in front of her as it guided the sled. They still could barely see. All they could tell was that they were going fast and going downhill. Their eyes were covered in snow and their eyelids were almost frozen shut. When all of a sudden they came to a stop. They rubbed their eyes clear of snow and looked around. Somehow, someway, Connect was right. The ice shard had led them right back to their neighborhood. The snowstorm had started to calm down and they were easily able to make their way back to the treehouse. The cold weather had drained Kit's battery, so the twins plugged him back in and placed the Nylac ice crystal in a special box. They closed the box and both smiled at each other, right when they heard their mother yell from inside the house. Dinner time, kiddos! That was one cold adventure. I would love to see the mighty Nylac in person. Did you enjoy that adventure? If so, don't forget to visit our website where you can get an amazing coloring book based on this episode at www.dashandjuno.com. Are you ready for your next mission? Your mission is to create a vehicle that could travel in the snow. What would it look like and what features would you give it to make it able to travel on snow? Once you have thought of some good ideas, draw a picture or record an audio clip about it and send your mission to missions at dashandgino.com. Don't forget to include your name and age. We'll also share your completed missions on our social platforms like Instagram and we'll give you a shout out on future episodes. The Adventures of Dash and Gino is based on ideas and stories created by my son, Huxley, starring Grace Wiseman as Juno, Huxley Sabara as Dash, and I'm Jimmy Sabara. Additional voices provided by my wife, Shannon. Our theme song was written by Shannon and Huxley and put to music by Harrison Nita. Thank you for listening, and if you like what you heard, please tell all your friends, email us, let us know in the comments, or leave us a good review and rating. And also check out our Instagram account for some behind-the-scenes content. Until next time, have fun out there, brave explorers. <laughs>